This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Good morning! morning. Pastor Joan, thank you for that word. Um, And thank you, worship team, for that song, the Generations one. Like, my gosh, like, I love when we come to church and we actually experience God. (laughs) Where he actually speaks to you and he shows you the fruit that he has produced in your life. And, um, and, oh, it's so funny. Over the week, I was thinking about how much... My kids are going to get so embarrassed every time I come up and preach. Because if you're in my family, I'm just going to brag about you and I'm going to talk about you. But I just want to have a question for you guys. How many of you guys in this new year are praying for your family's salvation? It's okay. Raise your hand. We're in good company. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Don't raise your hand. How many of you guys have lost hope before praying for salvation? Yeah. Don't lose hope. Can I be honest with you? My mom is here. Yeah, she's sitting over there. And she came, and I was praying for her salvation for such a long time. And then the past year, she got baptized with the Holy Spirit, gave her entire life to Jesus. And her and I have the best relationship. We actually enjoy calling each other just for the fun of it. Isn't that awesome? So if you're praying for somebody's salvation in your family, do not lose hope. Right? Pastor Jones' word, I loved it. It's the love. My motive wasn't getting the kingdom because it's the right thing. It's I love you so much. I want you to experience what God has done in my life. And she has. It's so beautiful. Oh, so anybody else have any other goals? Right. So I want to give you guys some tools to help you not give up on your goals. Any place that you have any hopelessness in, I want this word and these tools that I have for you to encourage you. Because you have your goal right now and you're gung-ho and you're so happy And then four weeks later, you're like, what was the point of this? What was I trying to do? Can I get an amen? Am I the only one that's real? Come on. So I want you guys to turn to Genesis 28, verse 10. And as you guys are turning there, I just want to give you a little bit of backstory because the characters I want to use are ones that I've heard people say really bad things about, but I see something different. And it's the character is Esau and his brother Jacob. Can say Jacob. Nice. Say Esau. You got to read it by yourself. Okay. This is my summary. This is what happens. It's beautiful. People come and they're like, Jacob is a deceitful man. And poor Esau, he was a victim. But what I see are two men that were hungry, but they were hungry for different things. Are you guys with me? Esau was hungry for the things of the flesh. Here in this church, we would say the things of the brain, the things that make logical sense. Jacob was a man that was hungry for the things of God. You guys with me? Yeah, and it was, this is my, this is my favorite part. It's, this all happened in a place of famine, in the worst possible circumstances. Everything is falling apart around them. And one man chose to say, I want what my father Isaac had. And I want what my grandfather Abraham had. That's what I want. I know I want a relationship with God, but I technically can't have it because I'm not the firstborn. So legally, I can't have it. It has to go to Esau. But Esau, thinking that he had it all in the bag, actually leaned to his flesh. And for one dish, for one soup, it must have been potato soup or something. It was good because he gave up his entire inheritance, his entire blessing to satisfy the flesh one time. Not that the flesh was bad. He was hungry, right? Amen. You're in the famine. You're hungry, right? I'm hungry right now, right? But I know that the spirit offers way more than one choice of the flesh. Are you with me? So what ended up happening was Jacob actually made the exchange and then he got the inheritance and the blessing. But this is the kicker. There's no power just because another man told you. 
that you have the inheritance and blessing. You will have no power just because I'm speaking to you. You know where the power came from? Is when he went to the father. Oh, come on. He went to the father and the father said, you have this inheritance and I'm going to bless you. Are you with me? It had to be a word from the father. Here we call it rhema. It's a word directly from the father about a knowledge that you have. So everything that I'm giving you, don't eat soup. (laughs) Go to the father. Amen. So that brings us to this place right here. Okay. That's the backstory there. So he just got prayed for. He got blessed. And then this is the part that I get to. Every time we get this blessing, we think everything is going to be great. We're going to think life is going to go amazing and it, and it might go amazing, but then you never know a cop might pull you over because you don't know your registration. I, I don't even want to go there. That's something that happened to me. Uh, and I thought he was going to bring me coffee, but he wrote me a ticket and I'm like, Lord, I thought you're supposed to bless me. And God was like, it has nothing to do with that. The, the blessing doesn't go away. Okay. If anything, it actually takes you to this place where the blessing gets to mature. You actually start to wander. You actually start to go on a journey. And that's where we start to find here with Jacob. In, in verse 10, it says, now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went to Haran. Every time I see those words, I'm like, what does it mean? It means that he left the comfort of his home. He left the place where he was getting affirmed all the time by his mom. Yeah, even though his brother wanted to kill him, he was with family. Even though that he was with his father, he left the comfort of his home. And he actually became a wanderer. And it's funny because we have these goals. So we're trying to get from point A to point B. But in that middle part, that's where we start to wander. We start to walk. We start to go on our journey. And we're trying to figure out how in the world am I going to get from point A to point B. And then you find yourself in the wilderness. Just how Jacob was in the wilderness just now. Is, am I making sense? Verse 11, so he came to a certain place. Say a certain place. Say, I'm in a certain place. And he stayed there all night because the sun had set. And it's so funny, as I was doing research here, theologians actually argue back and forth. Was it 24 hours or was it a couple weeks? Was it a couple months? There were just a bunch of arguments that I was reading. And I was like, wow, that's very interesting. But even if it was just 24 hours, what happens when you're alone with your thoughts in a place of hopelessness? You start to have conversations with yourself. You actually start to eat the soup (laughs) rather than to eat the things of the spirit. You start to have conversations with yourself. That's why community is important, right? This is beautiful. Look what happens. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Say sleep. Say sleep means rest. (sighs) In this new year, I want you to slow down and rest. But this is where the power comes from. Anytime I see stone or rocks in the Old Testament, guess who I think about? Come on, who said that? Say it loud, like you love him or something. Say Jesus. Anytime I think about the rock, anytime I think about the stone, anytime I think about a firm foundation, I think about my Jesus. I think about this man where I am unshaken with. And and I love this because he laid his head on the rock. (laughs) He laid his head on the stone. Verse 12, then he dreamed. Say dreamed. Oh, there's something that happens when you're on your journey and you slow down in this place that looks hopeless and you lay your head on the rock. You lay your head on Jesus. And, what, and you know you're with Jesus when you start to dream in a place where it feels impossible to dream. Can I get an amen? Amen. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. Say heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Say the Lord stands above me. 
and beside me. We won't start singing, we won't start singing, but it's beautiful. You lay, you stop, you take a deep breath in this place that feels hopeless. You lay your head on Jesus, you start to dream, and Jesus takes you to the Father. He took you on a supernatural, not the world. And it's so funny, because I'm like, why did they say stone? Why didn't it talk about his blanket? <laughs> it was his head touching the stone. What happens when our thoughts, our identity, everything that goes on up here, touches Jesus. We start to dream and then we go into a supernatural encounter and then we see the father and what happens when we see the father? We learned it from Isaac. What does the father do? He speaks. Say speak. Say we're speaking. And the father said this, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. Before we keep going, this is how you know you're with God. He starts to remind you of your testimonies. Oh, come on now. When the Lord shows up, he said, hey, I'm the same God that was with you when you were 17 and you were ready to die. That is me speaking to you right now. Aren't you so grateful that your family is saved now? Isn't that beautiful? So when God shows up, he shows up in a place where you actually know him. If he's coming somewhere out of left field, then I don't know, maybe just lay your head back on the stone. Stay there a little longer. Start dreaming again. Let, your, let everything about you go to the supernatural place where then the Lord comes and he's like, I am the God that was with you yesterday. I am the God that was with you. So beautiful. Amen. I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. And it's so beautiful because then from there on, he changed the whole Bible. The, the, the rest of it, he was known as what? The father of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. Your encounters aren't just about you. It's about changing the world. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, which means a lot. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. This is my favorite part. This is how you know you had laid your head on the rock, Jesus. You have dreamed with him. He has spoken to you. The word is actually inside of you. The rhema has touched you because your whole attitude, your character changes. Let me tell you what he did. He said, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. The Lord was in his place of hopelessness and he was afraid. <sighs> and he was afraid. But then he said, how awesome is this place? He changed his entire emotion. He changed the very inside of him. That's how you know you communicated with the father that he's spoken to you. I love this. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And that, that word awesome there means to worship. We go from a place of being afraid to a place of worship. This is the part that I really want to hit, and we'll close with this. And he called the name of that place Bethel, and it's verse 19. But the name of that city had been loose previously. This is so cool. The name that was there was a certain name of that city, but when we lay our head on the rock and we dream with God and we let the Father speak to us and he changes who we are, that we actually are able to wake up early in the morning, that we're no longer afraid and reactive, but instead we respond and we worship, then the place that you are, your environment then changes. And it's 
changed from loose, which is a man-made word, to Bethel, which is the house of God. All right, close your eyes real quick. I'm going to let Nate come up. But I just want to let you know that God, thank you for being with us. Thank you that there's a place for us to lay our head with you. And we can do it before we go into the wilderness. We can do it out the wilderness. And we can also do it while we worship you, God. But I thank you for all the houses of God that are coming about whether it's in the minivan and your kids are throwing up or you're arguing with your wife or your husband, that's a place, an opportunity for you to lean on the rock, put your head on the rock and change that situation from loose to the house of God. In Jesus' name, can I get a big amen?